You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut through the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. Hi, it's Katie Harris, and this is an episode of the Nursepreneur Podcast. Today we have Cole Whitmoyer on with us from the Flex Family Health Direct Primary Care. Paul, thanks so much for being here with us today. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. Uh, so give us a little bit of background about you as a nurse, what kind of nurse, and how did you get into doing what you're doing? Sure. Um, <clears throat> so I started um, straight out of, got my bachelor's in nursing, bachelor of arts degree of all things. I don't do that anymore much. I don't think bachelor of arts, but I kind of like that, you know, the art of medicine and the art of nursing. Um, but anyways, so I graduated um, from a four-year college here in Montana, and I started just <clears throat> as a nurse, uh, not just as a nurse, but as a nurse in, you know, a surgical floor, medical floor, moved into the ER for a few years, <clears throat> and just really kind of learned a lot about the system and what healthcare really was, and I guess, you know, I wasn't overly impressed with what happens as far as how we take care of our patients sometimes, or, you know, I felt my skills would be better at a higher level of care. And um, so I, I went back to school as a nurse practitioner to become a nurse practitioner. Um, that was back in 2015 or 2016, <clears throat> or let's see, no, I, I graduated in 2016. So um, it was before that, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> timeline. <laughs> but um, so I was a nurse for a few years, really found, that was probably something that, you know, I could, you know, help out with in our healthcare community is just being the provider and helping make better decisions and taking time. Um, so I went back to school for that and I worked a little while as a nurse practitioner for a, a private company that does basically employee healthcare. And again, I, you know, you see, you experience more of healthcare and the, the shortcomings of it than I, uh, two years uh, over a little over two years ago, I started um, my practice, Flex Family Health Direct Primary Care, um, a model that allows us to spend more time and just do what we're supposed to do with our patients and take care of them, and not worry about all the, you know, other things. I mean, we do worry about financial stuff, but we really try to make it reasonable, and we take uh, health insurance out of it, so we're not having to haggle with them and all that stuff. So. Yeah, that, that's that's, that was yeah. a really great model. That was really appealing, um, you know, taking the insurance companies out of it. But for those um, people that are listening, the nurses that are listening that maybe aren't as familiar with direct primary care, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so direct primary care is a new primary care map model. Uh, it's, it's, it's There's a few different things. The way we treat patients and the way we practice, you know, that way we practice billing and stuff are a lot different. So direct primary care is a direct relationship with our patients as far as billing. So they directly contract with us, they pay a monthly membership fee. So individuals <clears throat> in our clinic pay $59 a month to have unlimited access. And in direct primary care, um, we let our patients access us by email, text message, phone call. Um, you know, we're on call basically all the time just in case someone needs something. And with that, we do we get some good contracts where, you know, 
we contract the lab, the lab knows we're directly contracting with them. We pay the bills and our patients pay us um, for what they do so we can get a lot lower prices. So, you know, uh, your annual panel costs $10 for us to run. Um, so and we amazing just how that works when there's like yeah. that transparency. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. And you just, and after that, you know, in our model, we include a yearly lab panel. And after that, you pass those prices on your patients and they're happy to pay $5 for a repeat to get their liver enzymes and, you know, a CMP looked at, you know, and we feel like you can take better care of patients because they're not worried about their pocketbook. You know, they're actually, you know, you can get down to what it's all about is, you know, about their health. Um, and so, you know, the direct primary care model is great for that. We know we contract, we get $65 x-rays in our clinic for our patients. We find, you know, good CT scans and MRI centers where we can get better pricing. And we're in rural, you know, we're in Montana, it's rural here. So we're still able to do that. So we feel like if we can do it. A lot of other places in, you know, the country can do it. Um, so that's kind of like the gist of what our model is. Yeah, I mean, I, I know from working in neurosurgery and, and that, um, you know, people would say, well, how much is this MRI or a CAT scan going to cost? And I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> it could cost you thousands of dollars. It could cost yeah. hundred dollars. I'm not, I have no idea. Um, I yeah, so this model really helps to kind of sort mm -hmm. those prices out, yeah. right? And then on the other side of it, too, I guess, you know, as far as being a nurse practitioner or just a provider in the model, um, you have more time with your patients. You don't have to do all the billing. You know what your income is going to be every month, um, which is really nice. Then you can just focus on the patients um, instead of, you know, burning out and not ever wanting to do healthcare again, which a lot of us are doing because we have just this system that has started to, you know, be more about money than it is about actual patients and patient care. Right, or, or the insurance companies dictating what they think is should be done yeah. or should not be done, and you're like, who, who are you? <laughs> you're not even medical. Um, exactly. Prior authorizations. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, so what is the, what is kind of like the lifestyle like? Um, you know, because you had mentioned 24 hour call and email and text, mm -hmm. and you know, worst case scenario, I can imagine being bombarded, but you know, it doesn't sound sure. like that's quite the the model that you're in. Yeah. And you know, I think that's the one thing that everyone's pretty skeptical about. We hired a physician to work, a DO um, in our clinic, and she was first skeptical about that. Like, how is it? And, you know, I was like, I'm, I was all, all in. I, I was like, I love it. I love to use technology to our advantage. <clears throat> um, but, you know, really you don't get bombarded. You're in the model. You have about 600 patients. That's you know, a lot of times that could be a fifth of what some other providers take or a quarter. So you, you know, um, you can take the time with those people to really explain things. And if there is something that goes wrong, I want to know about it too, because I don't want them to be spending money or doing something because, you know, I'd rather, that's what I do this for is to take care of people. But uh, at the end of the day, they know that they they can contact you anyhow. They know they can usually get in same or next day with you. So most people, you know, I've, I've only been called a few times in the middle of the night and, you know, we've had to send some people to the ER, but we've also saved people from going to the ER and uh, meet them at the clinic after hours to do some stitches or something. So it, I think it, it really works in everybody's favor, even though it sounds like, oh God, you know, that could be horrible. It's really not. <laughs> yeah, because no, I think you imagine like 600 people calling you, but really like 20% yeah. are going to probably be 80% of your phone calls and they're not oh, yeah. that much. <laughs> oh yeah, you bet. And like I said, 
you know, when you have that relationship with your provider, most people are very respectful of you and they know that you're doing things on the weekend and stuff like that. And if they have something, they know they can text you and wait, or, you know, they'll text you on Monday or they're, you know, so uh, it's a great, um, it's a great kind of give and take, I guess, for providers and for patients. So, yeah. Um, so do you have partners or is it just you? Um, so my wife and I, one of my wife's an RN. Um, she's, uh, she's actually works for family's business. She's the head of HR there. So she does a lot of the back and work for us. And if I need her in the clinic or something, you know, she's, she's there for me too, but, um, it's just the two of us and we hired a physician and, um, we have a, another nurse in there. So, um, who just does our day-to-day stuff and she just, uh, I guess I wouldn't say she kills it. She keeps it alive, I guess. <laughs> but, <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> so, so is Montana, is it a free NP state or is it, you yeah. know, is it- Okay. Yeah, we have full practice authority here. Um, but I, you know, I, I, my friend, um, our physician, and she's like my sister almost, it feels like, you know, but we just get along so well. And she has a lot of experience that, you know, she brings to the table. And it's interesting, you know, just the different experiences that you have. I was an ER nurse, so I know a lot about kind of, you know, ER stuff. And so, we, you know, it's, it's fun when you can, you know, you have two different people in there and you can really put a lot of thoughts together and really help your patients out. It's almost like teamwork. Um, and I love, I'm a team guy, so I love doing that stuff. So. So do you do house calls or do you have a brick and mortar? Um, yeah, I, I own a clinic in, uh, you have a brick and mortar clinic where people come in. I also do house calls. Um, it's a little bit more expensive sometimes. And I have a few assisted living facilities actually where I, they, they just hire me and I just, go out and I'll go there once a month and they'll call me if they need something. And, and they don't, the, the, we don't bill any insurance. The, the people that own it just pay us per member per month to come out there or so if it, and they have, some of them have their employees and some of them have their, just their residents, you know, but some have both. It's, so it's nice. Well, so yeah, I find that that part um, interesting. Uh, so the assistant living, it, is it more economical, I guess, to pay your business to, to have you come out and see their patients than trying to get money back from insurance companies? Yeah, and well, just as far as, you know, I mean, I, I, I think there's a lot of paperwork and billing stuff on my end that I wouldn't want to do if I, you know, Medicare and stuff like that. Um, and there is some, some of those hoops you have to jump through. Um, and we're credentialed in a way where we can't bill, so it kind of protects us, but it also helps us, um, you know, order, prescribe, things like that. So I guess, you know, they like it because I'm always there. They'll call me, text me, let me know what's going on. Or, Hey, can you, you know, this is what's going on with this patient. I'm like, sure. Yeah. You know, let me know what's going on or I'll go out there and check. And they're very rural too. One is so, um, so yeah, I think it's very beneficial and they do it for their employees too, because they want to have a, re- a retention tool, which is us, you know, you know, unlimited primary care for their, um, for their employees, then, you know, they're keeping employees and they're keeping them healthy and keeping them at work, you know, especially. Through I'd, I'd rather much rather pay $59 a month than what I'm paying per paycheck right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. It's uh, it's definitely uh <clears throat> it's a different way of thinking about it. And I know that there's a lot of brokers out there that are thinking more, you know, 
about direct primary care and putting in with business stuff. So it's 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 on the up and up. Yeah. So how long has direct primary care been around, and how did you kind of fall into it? Like why this instead of like the usual route? Yeah. Well, I I guess um, I I've always looked for a practice model that was cash based. I didn't want to do um, I didn't want to do anything that required me to do billing or work for I guess work for somebody else. As far as like like you said, I don't want to have to do prior auth. This is the medicine I want. Why can't we just get this medicine? Um, and then you look up a coupon. It's like six dollars. It's like, well, what the heck? This doesn't make any sense. So <clears throat> I always wanted to find out why healthcare was so expensive and I always wanted to do it better and just pay cash. I feel like that, you know, you could always do it cheaper that way. Take out the middlemen. Um, and I, so I researched it, uh, you know, online and it just kind of had come up podcast and I convinced my wife finally, I was like, watch this podcast on DPC. She's like, Oh, we have to do this. And a month later I have a name, we're ready to go. Um, and that's kind of why I wanted to get into it. I was just, I wanted to do patient care. I wanted to, help people if I could help them. And I wanted to run a clinic the way I wanted to run it. You know, I didn't want to have to have administrators telling me what to do and, uh, you know, kind of all of that stuff that sometimes is bureaucratic and doesn't make sense or you can't get things done. Uh, and I'm probably just a little bit stubborn, you know, <laughs> us ER nurses get a little stubborn, you know? Yep. Uh, so what about like getting that patient panel together? Did it take you a long time to get you to where, did you know how many patients you wanted and did it take a long time to get there? Yeah. You know, I mean, it was like, you know, I guess we're going to get our feet wet and just go for it basically. And that was a little unnerving because, you know, you want a panel and you're not making any money unless you have patients. Um, and we got lucky. Um, we talked to our newspaper, local newspaper here, and they did a pretty good article on us. And a lot of people called me. And before I opened my doors, I had about, I'd say, 40 enrollments, which is good. I was like, holy cow, that's awesome. I wanted to expect that. Um, and I was like, well, you know, we're just going to, you know, take it one day at a time and a week, you know, week by week and just stick with it and stick with what you do and make sure that you or networking with people. And I think that's, you know, when you don't have a lot of patients, go out and network with people around town because you, know, you start networking, they start seeing who you are, hearing what you're doing and people are like, yeah, I want to try that. And then word of mouth, you know, spreads, but it was a little unnerving, but we've been growing more than what we thought we would. So we've been open for two years and we have um, over 700 patients in our clinic, which is pretty good for a DPC clinic. I just stopped taking patients at about 400. Um, and then our physician, she's just went over about 300 patients. So we're really, I think we've surpassed all the goals that we've had. Um, but I still am very cautiously optimistic about what the future will bring. And we just want to make sure we just, you know, keep doing healthcare right and treating people the way they should be treated. And I think then the model, you know, serves itself. <clears throat> I was going to say in, in rural Montana, 700 people might be the whole town though, right? <laughs> yeah. In Billings here, we have about 100,000. We're the biggest city in Montana. Um, but, you know, we do have a lot of people that come from rural places. We have farmers and stuff like they don't carry health insurance or jobs don't offer it. You know, direct primary care, we always say it's not health insurance, but it's one of those things that, man, you can get a lot done. We say 80 to 90% of the things that you need, we can get done in direct primary care. And we recommend people have something catastrophic, but most people anymore, you just can't afford it. Premiums are so high. 
so it's definitely it's definitely one of those things that people are willing to get this over insurance and we'll take anybody but you know it's one of those things you can't do everything but uh, but yeah rural montana has really accepted it so Okay, so it looks like you also have um, a lot of different options. So you have um, in the direct primary care, you have the monthly memberships, but then you have some corporate options and ancillary services. So what, what are these different services that you have? Um, yeah, so we have, um, you know, uh, we, do, we do a lot of different things. I mean, everything primary care. Um, so we'll do sutures, you know, I did an ex, uh, you know, uh, elliptical in our excision today of what I thought was a dermatofibroma. Um, and we can get those biopsies for like 65 bucks. It's like, why would people go to a dermatology and get it for $65? It's crazy. Um, I mean, not saying that you shouldn't go to a dermatologist. I'm not saying that, but I mean, just to get things cut out and stuff like that. I mean, the cost is so crazy different from what we can do and be productive and actually make money to what the system, I, I mean, you would be a millionaire in some of those you would feel like, but, um, but anyway, sorry, that, that was me losing my train of thought a little bit, but other ancillary services are physician. She does some Botox, um, uh, you know, so and we're working on some other things to, you know, do some, a little bit of aesthetic stuff, not much, just a little bit, you know, just to, you know, she's been trained in aesthetics. So she's like, yeah, I'll do that. So, <clears throat> so we're oh, doing that. Yeah. That's really nice. She's, um, and, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. yeah, she does. Uh, I hired her too because she's she does neonates and stuff like that. So our youngest patient now is probably a little over a week old. We just Aww. got one week that was like three days old, and so that, that's really cool, you know, to have that. So you know, we do some some young peds. I don't do. I do two to two plus. You know, I'm never was never really trained extensively in peds um younger than two so i definitely try to stick to the older ones but i know babies scare me too <laughs> yeah then you talk to a NICU nurse and they're like what humans scare me like <laughs> the parents that are scary <laughs> sometimes right <laughs> yeah um but, okay so let me ask you this because um what a the, what i know about direct primary care and i'm looking at this on your website um you know people who have hsas and fsas why can't they use those to pay for direct primary care so you can't use it to pay for your membership it's kind of a gray area <clears throat> and you know that's one thing that we've been really working on is a lot of this legislation actually our our um representative from our state matt rosendale helped kind of solidify what we were doing in the state before saying hey they're not an insurance product you know they're just a primary care with a membership fee like a gym you know you can go to the gym that you have your membership fee you probably can't go to the other one that you don't have a membership fee to right so i mean it makes sense in the other world but when you talk about healthcare, like oh membership fee your, your insurance so <clears throat> in in language in federal government it looks more like they describe us more as an insurance product which is really not accurate and so they're trying to get that changed so you can use your fsa hsa funds on that but it is a gray area you know we tell our patients probably shouldn't do that it's up to you talk to your accountant about it but we'd probably advise against it just because you know we really don't know what would happen um, but they can pay for everything else their labs with their hsa but it's that monthly membership fee it's not necessarily an, a visit you know it's just a fee that they pay so 
it is a gray area, but again, so Matt Rosendale is now the, our House of Representatives in you know, the federal government, and he's working on this, this bill to try to solidify direct primary care um, in, in the federal government and help us kind of keep this moving forward. Because we feel like it's a, we, we call it concierge for the masses. You know, most people can afford $59 a month because they're paying cell phone bills that are twice that, um, you know, to have your doctor all the time, you know, there, your nurse practitioner there, you know, it's, it's, I mean, gosh, it's a value. It's, yeah. it's and it's like the, the neighborhood medicine that's come full circle, uh, you know, mm -hmm. where you used to have the, the, the doc that was, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the doc to everybody in the neighborhood. And now it's like the nurse practitioner in the neighborhood um, mm -hmm. coming up with that panel again. And I think uh, that makes so much more sense. And when you were talking about Lansing, um, you know, skin lesions and stuff and, um, you know, how inexpensive it is, it's we're so conditioned at this point to think that everything costs thousands mm -hmm. of dollars when it comes to medical. And it's really just sure. these inflated, ridiculous prices that, mm -hmm. you know, nobody can, I mean, it's such a crazy system. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I used to do billing for uh, our company. Um, you never know how much you're going to get paid. Like I did surgeries uh, with my surgeons and uh, same exact surgery, same exact insurance. <laughs> I could get wildly different prices and it yeah. could months to get paid i'm like how, how i couldn't live off of this like i you know it's crazy I know. yeah and it, it's sad and you know it, it, there's so much in the middle that goes on you know um that it's it's frustrating you know and i feel like it's getting taken away more from the nurses and the providers um and it's being controlled by people you know it's been being controlled by money and that doesn't work you know this isn't that we, we, I guess there are things and we want to make money to live and everything like that. But at the same time, I mean, you know, what is the Hippocratic oath to a physicians or what is it to, you know, um, a nurse practitioner, you know, what are, is it non-malfeasance or, I, you know, <laughs> I got to go back to nursing school again to make sure I get that whole, you know, <laughs> There's some things I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> that general gist of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All those things that you learn as part of your core of being a nurse. And I think that, you know, are usually innate in a lot of us, you know, but um, it gets taken away when people that are from the outside don't understand what it means to be on the inside, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> So how, um, has this grown a lot in popularity? Do you see other people opening up a DPC in your, in your area or what is the general kind of trend of this? Um, I, I mean, we're growing, we're a big part of our, our chamber of commerce and stuff like that. And we're, we're getting the word out about who we are now other people doing it. I think there's some other people that are dabbling in it a little bit, but it's, it is a grind. I mean, it, you know, if you can bill insurance and, you know, for initial visit and make 450 bucks, that pays a lot of bills, you know, but that's, you know, in our model, you know, that's like six patients or something. I mean, I don't know what the math is, but it's more than that, probably almost 10, like eight patients. But <clears throat> so it, it is kind of a grind and it's a leap of faith. And, um, you know, I have had a lot of nurses reach out to me and ask me how I do it. And it's just, I don't know, you know, you go out there to be friendly, you take care of people the right way and you go and just spread the word around your local community. And, 
that's how we get it going. And I think that's where it, a lot of people get stymied, you know, is because hospitals or you can get bonuses, physicians get paid well, you know, is your lifestyle that good? Probably not. You know, you're getting 20 some patients a day where we're getting five, maybe, you know, patients a day seeing. So it, it's a trade-off, but you have to sacrifice up front, I think. And that's where it's difficult for a lot of providers. Wait, so you see like five patients a day? Yeah. That's it? Average. Yeah, I think it's average anywhere from, you know, I would say average is probably five, maybe 10, but. Um, uh, a, was, you can't really put a price on that kind of lifestyle. That's no, really nice. Well, yeah, if you have something that's difficult, you have time with your, like I sit down with our physician, talk to her about stuff, you know, we're, you have the time to kind of really look into things and get onto up to date and, you know, research because man, medicine is hard. Um, you know, and I think that's one of those things that everybody, again, people on the outside look to the inside and it's not, it's not easy. You know, there's a lot of things that go on in the body. And, um, so it takes time to be good at it and it takes time to be thorough, right. you know? And I think that's where like a lot of those lawsuits come from too, is because, you know, a typical primary care might have like 20, 30, 40 mm -hmm. patients a day, like a day. Oh, yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, one of the, the programs we run is a uh, chronic care management. And the premise is, is that we had one person who did 20 minutes of, you know, non-face-to-face -face, um, care coordination, which mm -hmm. the provider is supposed to do, but doesn't have time that you could mm -hmm. reduce readmission rates and stuff. And it's like, well, <laughs> you know, but yeah. they did these statistics. Like if you did all the care that they told you to do, you would literally be at work for 17 hours a day, seven days a week. And mm -hmm. it just would, it doesn't work. It, it, no. You know, and that it comes back to, you know, our glorified billing systems or EMRs, basically, <laughs> you know, that, you know, we have to chart this to get, you know, and you, you know, and I think that's what a lot of providers worry about. You're charting, you're coding, it has to be spot on or else you're not going to get paid and you get in trouble and you have three different administrators telling you, you got to do this and that, you know, so it, it's, it, it doesn't work, I don't think, you know, and I don't, it's hard to be able to do that and be thorough. It just is, you know, yeah. so. Yeah, so there's definitely the trade-offs. So maybe you get more money, but less life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's just not okay. worth it. Yeah, so. exactly. <clears throat> so I don't know, I, I, to each their own. And, you know, we're not the end-all be-all, I don't think, but I think we're a very big step in the right direction of trying to change how we do healthcare, how it's paid for, um, because that's, you know, that's the, I think one of the number one national health or national issues is, you know, how do we pay for healthcare? How do we do it better yeah. and make it affordable? Absolutely. So what is the, the big vision for this? Are you where exactly where you want to be or, you know, is there, you want this to be all over Montana, all over the United States or, you know, just in your town or what, what do you see for yourself and your business? Uh, well, we, we, in Montana, there's, a, I think eight, providers that are DPCs across the state. Um, and we formed a, a, the Montana Direct Patient Care Association. <clears throat> and so we work a lot together. And we, we just passed a multitude of bills. In the Montana. eight of you? <laughs> the eight providers? Yeah, the eight of us. It was crazy. Um, but uh, we had some help with some other people, you know, some really good support, solidified DPC in the legislature. So, you know, insurance commissioners who ever come in can't come down on us for 
doing our model. It's not insurance, it's solidified, you know, um, and it allows other providers too that are doing billing, like that, the, you know, they're doing fee for service billing. If they want to do DPC services, they can't be penalized by insurance companies or anything like that. They can do that too, which why you can't hold somebody hostage like that is yeah, just stopping the free market. But um, so we passed that bill. We passed another bill that helps us by allowing us to dispense directly from our clinics. A lot of other states can do it, like 40 some other states can do it. We weren't one. We finally got it solidified. So we'll start dispensing medicines again for pennies on the dollar. You can get lisinopril, like 90 of them for a cent a pill. So you're like 90 cents for your 90 days. So, you oh know, God. there's lots of savings there. And then finally, we passed another, or we kind of stopped a bill that was going to limit the use of um, health share plans. So I don't know if you've ever heard of Sedera or Zion or like Christian Health Ministries, um, uh, MediShare, those are all, they're <clears throat> technically not insurance, they're health share programs where everybody buys in. Um, and they've been seen to do pretty well for people and pay well, um, but it would, it would have blocked them from being in our state. And we have a lot of patients on that, you know, our, our providers on one of those plans just because it's affordable. Um, it pays good. And then they give discounts for having direct primary care. So that bill, we helped form that one and get some stuff addended to where that doesn't happen in our state. So it was a busy year for us, <laughs> obviously. But so we are very, long story short, we're very connected in our state. Um, the eight of us, you know, now we have one more who's actually direct primary care, but she's doing diabetes. She's an endocrinologist, but she's doing diabetes and stuff like that. Um, and does some primary care as well. Um, so I got a, a email from the president for the DPC. He's like, hey, thanks for connecting us. Now, we, you know, we've just grown DPC in Montana 13%. So <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, yeah. it's, a, it's such a big state too. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Nine of us now, you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's kind of, I guess, a long winded answer, but uh, it gives you a kind of a lot of insight to what, you know, we stick together and nationally it's, it's going bigger and bigger. And there's a lot of big um, physicians out there who are very vocal about it and um, love it. So. That's awesome. I can see the patients loving it, it as well. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. It's, I think it, I think it, it is going to help us and not saying that we're necessarily in a bad light, but the way we've treated people for the last 20 or 30 years in primary care has just turned a lot of people off. They don't trust you anymore. They don't, you know, and it's, I, th I think part of the vaccine problems, you know, where people don't want to get the vaccines or they, you know, there's, we just don't, we're not able to educate. They don't trust us because we're there for a few minutes and something doesn't work and we're not responsive. And hopefully, you know, if we can do more of this then maybe we can change the dynamic of healthcare and people trust us again. And I just, I just, I feel like I see that all the time, but a lot of the patients that come to me are the ones that have been, you know, jaded by the system um, or let down by the system. So maybe I'm just a little biased because that's what I see all the time. No, I, I, I totally agree with that. And, you know, you can't develop a relationship with your provider if you see them for 10 minutes, uh, you know, once a year, like it's just, mm -hmm. you just don't know that person well enough to trust them or their opinion, or maybe they missed something or maybe they didn't listen to you. And I, I think that's where all the kind of um, distrust comes in and the lawsuits and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff that just compounds one on yeah. top of the other. 
or like my prescription didn't go in and then you have to go through three people to get it. Oh my God. I know. <laughs> <So> <laughs> they just text me and I'm like, oh yeah, I'll resend it. Yeah. And then it's resent, and they're at the pharmacy and they're like, oh, thank you. And it's yeah. Like, you can't always do that, you know, but. Right. It's, but it's huge. When you can. Yeah. It's the little things. It really is the little things. And um, I think that's what we're nurse practitioners, in my opinion, are really great, you know, because the listening and the time um, and just understanding the variables, the whole patient and what they're dealing with. I have to go wait in line at this place. I don't feel well waiting for my medicine, you know, just, I think that's the one thing that I really um, have appreciated about my education is, you know, teaching us to be very well-rounded and understand that patient's whole journey through healthcare and at home um, and putting it all together. Um, and then when you do it like this in DPC, it's like, it makes so much sense just to be able to really have that, you know, unaltered communication. <clears throat> so. That's awesome. All right, Carl. So if people want to get in touch with you, find out more about your clinic, um, how do they find you? Yeah, you can go on our website and there's all the information there. Um, flexfamilyhealth.com, just fill out the contact. My wife answers that, but I see it every day too. I mean, I'm always in that stuff looking and because I have the time. Um, or you can email me um, directly, cole at flexfamilyhealth.com. Happy to answer any questions, but you know, it's one of those things that if it's in your heart and you're a nurse that wants to do something like this, then you're going to be able to do it, you know, you know, or a nurse practitioner. So, um, but yeah, I'm happy to answer any questions for anybody. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, Katie.